people who don't value life do not need rights. What is the typical woman they want to defend? Well, it's a woman who is poor, got raped, who is having health issue and faces imminent death. And to be sure, those women need the right to abortion, but also does the productive woman. The woman who doesn't have any emergency, who is young, who enjoys life, who enjoys sex, and for whom having a child is not in her plans. I think rights function as protective mechanism, but to protect what exactly? We need rights in order to protect one thing, freedom of action. Welcome to Ideas on Trial. This is Leopold Ajami, and I have with me my co-host, Ricardo Pinto. Hello, Ricardo. Hi, Leopold. How are you? Today, it's you and I only. We don't have any special guests. Yeah, I'm already accustomed to talking with <laughs> other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, before we start, I was thinking a little bit about why this podcast exists. Why we put Ideas on Trial. And I think, simply put, it's because how we live our lives depends on the ideas we hold in our minds. That's why you and I value a lot ideas. And that's why we want to challenge them and put them on trial. And I think that's why our listeners listen to us, because they value ideas and they see the importance of holding the right ideas in our minds. If I can add something to that, which I think it's something we will explore today. The control you have over your mind and the ideas you accept, you try to understand and those you reject yeah. is your ultimate power. Is your privacy at the deepest level. Yeah. Because People can force you, people can fire you, people can even kill you, they can do anything with you. But what they cannot do, even if they try hard, is to change your ideas by force. Mm -hmm. No one can make you think, no one can make you perceive what doesn't exist or have you not trust your eyes. So that's the the ultimate power that you should cherish and try to take seriously. And that's why we are, we often get emotional with yeah. ideas and get offended by them. But I, yeah. I just love this process. Yeah, me too. And I think what you said today about that, no one can force you to think or to change your ideas. I think that's the, that's the root of today's episode. Because to me, what we're going to talk about today is an issue of life or death. Because we want to explore the concept of rights. And we want to try to challenge the common narrative that we're, we're hearing every day. So a couple of days ago, I put a poll on my Instagram account to see how many people uh, support the idea that a woman have a right to her own body. And I got almost 90%, 90% of the people said, yes, you know, a woman have a right to her own body. But also so many people said that the issue is very complicated and that they would rather not to explore it, not to talk about it, not to think about it. And this got me thinking that and, you know, I got angry because somehow I was thinking to myself, how dare we advocate for women's rights and feel that we need to empower women every day, yet we're shying away from talking about topics like abortion, which is a fundamental issue when it comes to individual rights. So I think you and I, we decided to take a step backward and say, okay, how about we talk about 
rights as such. And we're going to explore a little bit today the issue of abortion. But I want to, because also so many people ask me on Instagram, like, what's the best way to think about the whole issue? Is it philosophical? Should we talk about rights as such? Or should mm-hmm. we look for scientific and biological evidence? So I, I want to say that today we formulated a couple of frameworks to understand and explore what are rights in general and why do we need them. But also, we don't want to lecture. We don't want to try to convince anyone. We just want to explore key questions that will help us all understand how to think about rights. Because I think once once that happens, we can think about abortion and all other that's that's an important point yeah Yeah, that's a crucial point because many of the current i'm talking about this week the current political controversies such as that regarding abortion or even about gun rights which Mm. was another key supreme court decision i think it's very relevant that many of your respondents said that the issue is complicated and it is not necessarily that it's complex, but that it is not an immediate judgment you yeah. form, especially especially if you're young and you're studying and starting out in life. There are some important observations and principles that you should first try to understand on the own to then tackle issues that are more derivative, such as abortion and gun rights. And I think that's part of the motivation why we want to explore this framework, this methodology of rights, to avoid the intellectual crime of jumping to conclusions, jumping to a movement or jumping to a protest blindly without thinking about it and without real substantial conviction. Yeah, and I would say also that the issue of rights is so crucial and it's so vague in today's culture that everything is becoming a claim to a certain right. Right, like it's it, it's it's amazing, and I think that's why we really need to understand the concept and thinking about the undisputed idea, which is something we do in every episode. I think we have we have two. The first one is that we often think about rights as given. Someone give us the right to something, right? And the second point is that everything is a right, like like everything we think we need. And we want yeah. is a right. Correct? Am I am I phrasing that accurately? Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's that's adequate. You can think about the first point that rights are inherent to human nature, that we're somehow born with it, and we're gonna try to test whether that's true. And the second is that which you can think of as a counterpart, which is that rights are essentially a social achievement a political achievement that as long as they are on the books they have validity Mm. but why why don't we jump in with our first point to try to assess whether these views are right or not okay so i'm gonna start with my first framework to understand how to think about rights and I'd like to think about it. I call it the castaway experiment. Okay. So so if if you've seen the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks, I mean, think about it this way. And, and I do this experiment every time I want to think about an important concept. So the question would become, if you were like Tom Hanks, a castaway on a desert island, would you need the concept of rights? of productivity. So that's the thought. It's a very simple thought experiment, but I think it helps us really understand concretely how to think about important concepts. So for example, if we say, do we need to be moral? Do we need to have to understand 
good versus bad on a desert island if we were cast away? Well, I think the immediate answer would be, well, yeah, I need to understand what is good for me, what kind of food is good for me, will this food nourish me or kill me? I, I, there's certain f physical needs that I need to understand, and there's certain intellectual needs. So for example, do I need to be productive if I'm on a desert island? Well, yeah, because if I don't, I'm going to die, right? If I don't produce the food, I'm going to die. I'm alone. No one will give me food. Right. So I think the point is, and tell me if, uh, if I'm right, that even though you are alone and you're not communicating with others, yeah. you still need some guiding principle Absolutely. to survive. In this Absolutely. case, let's focus on productivity, for example. You cannot trust on your instincts <laughs> because you don't have any. You, you have perhaps certain dispositions, your body can somehow inform you that you're hungry, but it will not tell you what to eat and how to produce that food for you. Yeah. And you cannot depend on nature giving you uh, that material that you need yeah. for your energy. So yeah, and, uh, what uh, you, sorry, what on you that, need... uh, <laughs> on the nature part, because that's why I call it the castaway experiment. Because yeah. if you remember the movie, Tom Hanks tried to cut uh, the coconut, right? So nature provides you with the coconut. But that right. doesn't mean that you are born with the automatic knowledge to cut the coconut. And what I love about this movie is the, the, the effort and the struggle he goes through in order to learn how to cut the coconut. Right. Right. So, yes. So what you need is judgment. Yes. Because even if you manage to cut the coconut very primitively, it, it takes you several hours, you eventually want to learn to do it faster and yeah. more effectively. So it becomes something you can count on, yeah. right? Yeah. But what about rights? What about yeah. the concept of rights? Would so, so using that, ex exactly, using that experiment, I would also ask myself, okay, do you need the concept of right if you are cast away? And then I would freeze. Right to do what? Right? Like, think about it. Why do I need the concept of right on a desert island? First, if you assume that someone will give it to you, well, there's no one, you're alone. And second, well, what are you going to do with it? So let's say you have a right to property. Well, there's no one to take it from you. Right? Let's say you have a right to the food. Well, there's no one there to stop you from making the food, from producing and from making a meal for yourself. And that immediately puts me in, a, in, in the context of thinking, okay, so we need rights in a social context. If there's, so suppose there's someone that comes on the island and now you're two. Now I think the issue of rights might arise, even if it's implicit, okay? In the sense that this other person can use force against you to stop you from eating the coconut, right? And that's how I think about, I think, I think this is very helpful because it helps me concretize the idea to the bare minimum without any philosophical complexity. Just try to understand. And I think it's still incomplete, but it's, it gives me something to think about. Yeah. Do you see it this so, way? Yeah. Let me, let me try to put it in these terms. So what you're saying is that the concept of rights doesn't make sense outside of a society yes right and i i think we're gonna explore why now but but uh, think about it right to do what Wh who's there to stop you yeah so be, even before we reach a definition of what are rights i think just thinking about it like okay who's giving it to me if we're assuming it's given 
And to do what? What I'm going to do with it? Okay, you tell me you have a right to property. Okay, but there's no one, no one to stop me from building that house or eating this food, right? And I think here there's, there's two points. The first point is that rights are, are related to the society. They must be in a social context. And the second point is that rights are created as a protective mechanism from other people so that no one can use force on you to do whatever you need to do. Right. I like that formulation, a protective mechanism. And you can think about it as a guarantee. I guarantee that your property, for example, your, the things that belong to you will not be taken away arbitrarily, will not be taken away by no one at work. By force. Right. And but to use the contrast, on Andrester Island, you don't need a contract. You yeah. don't need a guarantee. You don't need a piece of paper, nor the legal backup that tells you this piece of land belongs to you. Yeah, because there's no one. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I like about this experiment. It makes things very easy to, to grasp. And I think this will help us move another step forward to the other point, the other framework. So, so we started with the castaway experiment. The second point now we're saying, okay, so rights are principles we need in a social context. So now we're trying to define rights and their protective mechanism. I would even say they are, they are defense mechanism, right? Because the yeah. purpose of having rights is to protect myself from external violations, from external intrusion, from people trying to enforce whether, you know, or use force on me to take something away from me. Okay. So that's, that's the second point that one of the first thing we need to do is to try and define rights. But I want to ask you, what do you see usually? And I would, I would ask you also in, in Argentina, like how people think about the concepts of, of rights. Do they think that rights are given by someone? Do they think that rights are, you know, we're, we're born with rights and why? So how people think about this? Yeah, you can certainly find both approaches okay. uh, th that one is that we're somehow born with rights, that they are inherent to us. And the other is that they are nothing more than a conquest. And it can be right or wrong, but it's a social conquest. Mm -hmm. So you can think about it as the, let's call it creationist view of rights and the subjectivist that it comes from the subjective will. And I think that what both of these approaches fail at is to ground the concept of rights grounded on the requirements of human survival in society. What human beings need, specifically in a social context. Because if we take rights as commandments, as something given by divinity or simply part of human dignity, they serve absolutely no purpose. Mm. And we have no means of thinking about them and of resolving complex issues and complex conflicts that uh, occur in the social sphere because they, they are just given. And the question becomes, okay, how do we discover them? Who can tell what our rights are not? And that's where the social activists enter and they offer little more than, okay, we, we, we think this is the state of society right now. We believe this is right. Let's just vote for it. But I don't think that's sufficient. I think oh. that you need some criteria, some objective criteria to ground them on 
what we need as humans and to formulate them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I wanted, so I have a point to add here, but first let me ask you this. So how would this relate back to a topic like abortion? So suppose I think that rights are given or are, you know, social, uh, are born out of society. How will this affect an issue related to abortion, for example? Yes. So for example, one of the claims made by the anti-abortion activists is that abortion is a crime and should be illegal and it's not a right because there is inherent value in the fetus. So they conceive the fetus, the, the yet-to-be baby, as having dignity in and for itself. As being a human being alive because they have, it have a heartbeat and all of that. Yes. Yeah. And so they equate is... the fetus with human beings and they give them similar rights. Yes. And this is where it would be really useful to keep in mind the context in which rights arise. Mm -hmm. So here is where I ask, why, for what purpose or reason would a fetus need rights? Back to the uh, castaway experiment. Yes, it's certainly that it is a living entity, just like an animal, a cell, and a human being. But unlike human beings, the fetus doesn't have the capacity of reason to project plans, to project his life in the, into the future, to make preparation for what's coming. The fetus doesn't have that full human capacity to reason through existence. Yeah, it gains, but it gains me... everything automatically. It, it doesn't need to exert an effort. It doesn't have to think about how to get its food, how to keep its system living, it is completely dependent on the mother. Yeah, but uh, okay, I'm going to raise an objection here to try to challenge you. So one can easily say that this is the same state can be for someone who's disabled, who's born disabled. Okay, they can't reason their way, let's say they have a mental problem, and they can't produce in life. So what, they don't have similar rights? There is a difference between them and fetuses. <laughs> yeah. So I, I should clarify that I don't have any policy prescription mm. regarding people with disabilities, nor any detailed view informed by the philosophy of law. So I, I just have a few general outlines to make about it. First is that... It, its form of life is very different from a fetus. It is individualized, it is independent, it doesn't depend on another body to survive. But it's true that they don't have the full adult capacity of reasoning. Okay, and you know, I want to stop don't... you. I want to yeah. stop you, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I said to myself, I want to do an experiment with you to see if we can divert the conversation. So okay. usually, and I think, you know, uh, I, I succeeded, unfortunately. But again, that, that's, our, that, that, that's why we're doing this. So he, here's something interesting. Usually in a discussion, and it happens to me all the time, and I always fail in it, but I, I try to keep rem remembering the principle. So usually in a conversation, we we're talking about abortion, let's say. Yeah. And we start diving into, well, I'm with abortion, I'm against abortion, and here's why. What about the fetus? What about people who are born with disability? What about that, that, that? And we forget to ask the most fundamental question, which is, wait a minute, what are rights? Mm -hmm. Right? And, and so, so I said to myself, even though I tried in the beginning to ask you, but I said, you know what, I want to try to deviate the topic. 
just to see how it's going to go. And it's amazing because I can easily keep on giving you objections and we're not going to reach anywhere. Right? Surely. So, yeah. And, and I, again, I think that's the importance of going back to the definition. So let, let me step backward because I think the framework we're trying to follow is, okay, first think about the castaway experiment. And then the second point is always start by asking, okay, what are rights? How can we define rights? How can we understand them with the evidence that we have? So how would you put it? How would you define rights and, and why do we need them? Like, why do we need them in a social context as opposed to the castaway? Yeah. To put it simply, to extract force from society, to eliminate it. Mm. And the issue is not to be completely successful as if there isn't going to be force at all in society. You could argue that's empirically impossible, but to make it by law prohibited, to not allow it into human relationships. It is to put, to make persuasion the primary and only way of relating to each other. I love that. So you're elevate, you're saying that we need right because we as human beings, we are rational. We have, or at least we, we should be, and we can learn to become rational. We have our we have our minds and we use our minds instead of force. So it's yes. a way to replace the gun with the mind, with reason. Right? Yes. And it's a way of unleashing creativity for the purpose of life. Because mm. force is fundamentally unproductive. Uncreative. Okay. I love that. So so let me stop you here because so the first perspective is the, the formulation of right from a negative angle, just to eliminate force as much as possible. Yes. And the second point, I think rights function as we said, protective mechanism, but to protect what exactly? And I think we need rights in order to protect one thing, which is freedom of action. Virtuous action. Yeah. Also say, if you think about it, the purpose of rights is to allow you to do the things you would do along in a desert island, to be productive, to plan for your future without having the interference of other people, without having them force you to do things you wouldn't do. It is the principle, the social legal framework that allows us to, to be moral in effect, to be productive, to be rational without any coercive repercussion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. That's that's definitely clarifying because it, it, again, puts me in a situation if I want to understand the definition of, of rights. So now let me try to condense that. So there's two things why I need rights. The first one is related to my human nature, right? But because by nature, I'm someone who can think and in order to survive, I need to take action. I need to take that coconut, discover how to open it and eat it, right? Also back to Castaway, he learned how to make fire. Yeah. So as a human being, I have that capacity to experiment with the world in order to create something. And you mentioned creativity. And I need right, because of my nature as a human being, I need an entity, and I think that that would be the role of the government, an entity to say, okay, since we all live in a society, we're going to put a principle that we call it right, because it's the right thing to do, right? And I love, I, I love the name because the name is linked also to, to morality. It's the right thing to do that me, I can act as my human nature entails. Yes. 
And one issue that is worth pointing out here is that what rights protect, the, the sphere of protection that rights give you is no guarantee of success. Yeah. It protects your freedom to use your mind to dedicate yourself to those activities you think are best for you, but they can't give you a guarantee. So Tom Hanks can make the effort to open the coconut, but it can be rotting. <laughs> Similarly, I can be industrious and rational in, you know, in attempting to invest the money in a company, but that doesn't give me the guarantee that that company will be successful, nor should it impose a responsibility in others that I should own a successful company, that I should own my means of living. That is only up to me. And that is something yet that you cannot establish through the government without forcing other people to provide you for what you need. So, so let's put it this way and tell me what you think. So I can say that I have a right as a human being, I have a right to be wrong. I have a right to make mistakes. I, let me give an example. Let's say, so let's say I drink alcohol all day and you know, that's destructive to my health, to my life. Well, do I have a right to do that? Okay. So you're bringing up. I, I'm, I'm giving an example because I want to tie yeah. back that to abortion. So the question, no. would, yeah, go ahead. No. And, and that's very, it's very important. Thank you for bringing it up. And here's here. I want to give you or share another I'm teasing you today. I missed yeah. that. <laughs> Another useful tactic when thinking about issues of rights. Whenever you're thinking about rights in any sphere, whether it's freedom of a speech, whether abortion, whether gun rights, you want to keep in mind the question of who is the best, most able person who's benefiting from this right or who can benefit from having this right. The big so, elaborate. Yes. So for example, to answer your question, yes, I would say you have a right to become an alcoholic, but I wouldn't have you in mind when arguing or defending the right for free trade, let's say, freedom of commerce. You, you wouldn't be the first person I would have in mind if I want to argue for that, right? Because the reason why we, we human beings need freedom of commerce, freedom of trade, it's not for you to get drunk. In any case, you, you would be a perversion of that. You would be the unintended consequence. The reason why we want freedom of trade is because we want to have companies like Apple, companies like Adidas, companies like Nintendo. We need freedom of commerce paradigmatically at the best case scenario because it is right for human creativity to have a place in the world. But you, you, made, you made a big let yeah. me stop you. You made a big statement here, which which I agree with, but I, I want you to ex expand on it a little more. So you said we we design the principle of rights while having the best, most rational people in mind. I would say that's the primary first case you should argue for. Okay, why? Let me give you another example. Yeah, Let me give yeah. you another example. Yeah. Freedom because of I, I can I can hear people asking themselves, what about people who are not productive? What about people who are not rational? So let's let's expand on that. No, yeah. So a common trope, because it's not even an argument that you find in some conspiracist people who 
spread conspiracy theories in, in the culture is that, oh, it's my right to freedom of speech. It's my right to do research. It is true that they should have at least that legal freedom to pursue arbitrary speculations about events happening in the world. But when you want to become an effective defender of freedom of speech, you don't argue for that person. You argue for the freedom of, say, the scientist who's pursuing truth against opposition. What you keep in mind is not the conspiracy theories. What you keep in mind is, first and foremost, Galileo. Einstein, the people who are bringing new life-giving ideas to the world. Freedom of speech applies to both equally, to the Alex Jones of the world and to the Galileos. But we have the principle because if we cannot speak freely, there will be no Galileos, no Einstein to give you the theory that will revolutionize our thinking and our way of living. Yeah. So to, to circle back, if I want to be, if I want to drink alcohol all day and become alcoholic, I have the right to do that, even if that means legally that speaking, I, yeah. Legally speaking, yeah. Even if that means that I'm going to destroy my life. And I don't value my life. But when conceiving rights, when designing the principles of rights, we don't think about the alcoholic. Not, it's not that we ignore them, but we don't think about them because we want to design it for people to have a good life. And I think, I think that's, that's the crux of the issue, that the reason we need rights is to have a good life. Because without rights, if there's no government to protect us and, and, and to protect our rights to live, then we cannot have a good life, right? It's going to be yeah. a jungle. And yeah. I, would, I would also say that people who don't value life do not need rights. People who don't value life and their lives, they do not need rights. What's for? I mean, think about it. They get what they want. I mean, if you think about a thief, a thief doesn't need the concept of right because he gets what he wants by looting others, by violating other people's rights, by using force to take away the productive effort of the, of the other person, right? So technically speaking, people who don't value life, people who, who wants to destroy life, people who are... Surrendering who, their humanity, their rationality. Yeah, they, they don't need that. And I think this helps us, and at least it helps me, circle back again to the issue of abortion, right? Mm. Because I was, I was thinking a little bit about that, and there's so many different arguments, and there's so many, and I don't think we can go into that. Probably we should have an episode on its own. But there's one thing that I keep thinking about is the difference between what is moral and what is lawful, mm -hmm. right? So from, from one perspective, a woman might be irresponsible and, and I would say sometimes even immoral in the way she abuses abortion, right? But that does that mean that she doesn't have a right to abort? Does that mean that someone or some entity like the government can tell her what to do with her body, how to live her life? even if supposedly she's wrong? That's the question that I've been thinking of. Yes, although I think it's important not to concede the straw man perception yeah. of the woman who aborts. I think that even though what matters politically is to secure, in this case, the right to abortion, the moral argument is indispensable because if all that you can say about a given right is that no matter what people do with it, people are usually rational 
when aborting or when using guns, but it's their legal right and that's it. If that's all you can say, you're yeah, eventually securing yourself your loss. So in the case of abortion, it is useful to think about the question I raised, which is who is the best person benefiting from this? And that's the third and, framework. And, yeah, and that's something I usually... I don't see fully in most defenders of abortion because what are what are their examples? What are their arguments? What is the typical woman they want to defend? Well, it's a woman who is poor, who just got raped, who is having health issue and faces imminent death. And to be sure, those women need the right to abortion but also does the productive woman the woman who doesn't have any emergency who is young who enjoys life who enjoys sex and for whom having a child is not in her plans and it is an act of heroism of her part a moral achievement of hers to go after an abortion. And thank you for bringing this up, Ricardo, because I think that's one of the points that we don't hear in the culture. We don't hear in the culture. It's so true that we always formulate our arguments for the miserable. <laughs> the, the, the miserable. And as you said, they, they definitely need it, but that doesn't mean that the, the, the conception of rights is only for these people. Because that's, again, the, the, that's back to thinking about our human nature and what we're capable of and what we should aspire to. Because at the end of the day, the reason why we have morality is because we want to achieve in our lives. And all the laws that we put is to help us, or at least not to interfere in our achievement. So I want to support the, the, the achiever, the woman who's achieving, and she just chose not to have a child. And it's yeah. absolutely in her right to do so. And yeah, that's and, the and kind of communication we need in the culture. And it's what you said, that rights are not only a means of overcoming suffering, of overcoming prohibition, yes. but our means of achieving life at its fullest but yeah i think this this perspective of or this missing woman because it's missing in the abortion debate it is not surprised to me that abortion defenders are losing at this moment because they have not argued for them. they they conceded the moral debate decades along yeah and i would so. even uh, expand that more than I think what's happening in the culture today is that somehow we we want to have the concept of rights do more than it's meant to, right? And about so we, that, so 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 somehow we're saying everything is a right, right? Like we have so many different kind of rights. We're gonna have now a, a right to drive, like if you look at. Saudi Arabia, for example, there was a celebration a couple of years ago in mm-hmm. the name of women's rights that now women can drive. And that, so driving became part of celebrating women's rights. And I, from loosely, I get it. I, I get it why it's, it's part, part, you know, partly encouraging women that now you can do that. But at the same time, I, I see it very dangerous because now you're right. equating permission with rights. When mm. a woman, when you're telling a woman you're allowed to drive now, that's not a right. That's a permission given by certain authorities. Because in a, in a normal state, no one should stop a woman from driving, of all things, <laughs> before you even go to abortion. From driving, she's driving a car. And by driving a car, she's not violating other people's rights. 
she's not doing anything, right? She's just driving a vehicle. So saying that a woman has now a right to drive is actually a, a packaging. And I would think about it as a pseudo concept of rights. And I, and I think that's what's happening nowadays. And you can see it also in different, in different forms. So for example, you can, you can say, well, you can talk about gays, right? And it's a valid concept. You can think about it because, you know, gays were not giving their rights. So it's good to formulate it in that perspective. But I would say it's valid as long as you don't ignore that gays are individuals. Right? And there's, if you think about it, at least conceptually, there's no such thing as gays' right. There's no such thing as uh, women's right. There's individual right. Right? So it's, it, again, it's valid to advocate for it as long as we don't forget that rights don't belong to groups. And I think that's another framework that is helpful to think about. There's no such thing as a group right. There's, and I want to explore that, there's only individual rights. Yeah, let me say something about this. So I shared with you yesterday that the success of any social movement is to become eventually unnecessary. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Whether we're talking about gay rights, rights for women, for people of color, to whatever minority. So I think I share your view, although I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are not arguing that it's completely illegitimate to use the language of gay rights, of women rights. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying that gays have rights, not because they are gays or minorities. They have rights because they are individual human beings. Right. That's right. why they have rights. So exactly. it's valid to use the term sometimes, but as long as you don't package it with some political agenda and you 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 destroy the concept. yeah and and I would even say that certain historical moments it is necessary to use the special terms. So, for example, when the philosopher Mary Wollstonecraft by the end of the 18th century was writing about women's rights, I think it was completely legitimate on her part to make that a special stress for women because that anthropological conception was missing from the rights debate and, and the actual legal framework of that time. But to make it a perpetual drive, a perpetual movement, I think then we have a problem because as I said, the goal of any social movement is to be able to make those minorities whose rights are not fully protected right now, yeah. completely blended and to allow them to live like any other individual in their capacity as individual, not as gay, not as women, not Absolutely. as black people. Absolutely. Because what I can see today, and I think everyone can see that, it's so obvious that rights or the concepts of rights is used now as a weapon to achieve something, whether it's a political agenda or, you know, you want to change a, a law or what have you, they're used as weapons, but they're not, they're shields, they're protective mechanisms. So a, a gay person has the right to choose his partner or her partner, and they're not, they're not using any force against anyone. That's their body. They're free to do whatever they want with it. And same goes for the issue of abortion, I think, right? And that's why I think the other framework, so let me recap, just for me to, 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 to condense the idea. So I think the first framework is to think about the castaway experiment and always ask yourself, how would I need that concept if I'm alone on, the, on a desert island? The second framework is to ask yourself, how can I define rights? What facts 
give rise to my need of the concept of rights. What do they accomplish? What do they accomplish? Yeah, why do I need them? The third point, I think you talked about who's the beneficiary of, of rights. Like, if I, if I need these rights, like, what, what, what for? What's the purpose? And what will I gain from them, right? Yes. And to make it very concrete and very vivid, who is the best person that needs this protection, this legal protection? Yeah, so I, I wanted also to condense a little bit some of the ideas that we talked about. So we said that rights are protective mechanism and they, they, they're born out of, out of our requirement for survival. So in a, I think it's fair to say that rights, the concepts of rights are conditional, right? Like, like they depend on our human nature and the requirement of our survival. But at the same time, they're not just given to us. They are human-made, right? But, and, and if you think about it, they're human-made. We create the, we create, and it's, an, it's a recent achievement. I think we created them, but that doesn't mean they're optional. That doesn't mean right. that it's nice to have rights. I think there's Fine. an objective validation why, exactly why we need them, because that's the only way we can survive. Why? Because if we value human life, then we need some kind of a principle to protect our freedom of action. I need to be left free to act in this world because my human nature is someone who, who's, who needs to think and create in order to survive. Then I need some principle to protect me from other people. But also, right. which is something I was thinking about. Can I stop okay. you there? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. The way I like to put it is that rights are nowhere to be found, but are yeah. articulated. So you can observe human societies at every stage of development, and you will not find anything in them that spells a list of rights. Of rights. Yeah. You can look look up in the sky and you will find nothing that says anything about rights. So in the sense they are artificial, but that doesn't mean that they are arbitrary. We arrive on the concept of rights and, and this is why it is complex because they are not living in us, they are not inherent. There, there is nothing in our structure and or composition that gives you a detailed list of rights. We have to observe, okay, what are our conditions? What do we need to live to think, to plan, to be industrious? And how can we protect that in the legal sphere? And as technology and science advances, there are issues that become more complex to create the boundaries for. So you can think about privacy in the context of internet, which I know absolutely nothing <laughs> about, but that's, that's a new context that arises even after having an understanding of the general concept of freedom of speech, let's say, or of property rights. So like the terms of and conditions on in Facebook, like if you're giving me all these complicated... Yeah, so I, I like that, that issues of right always arises, but I would, yeah, but I would just say this, as long as we have the foundation right. If we have a, a proper theory of rights and we understand why and what give rise to the need of rights, then whatever new issues, specifically now with AI and machine, will come, we can we can formulate it because we have a proper base. Yes. And yes. unfortunately, yeah. I don't think we do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't talk much about abortion, but I think I want to raise a question here in, in people's minds. And I want to, I just want to say at the outset that I'm an advocate of 
abortion right. I think this is a fundamental right because it's not just that women have a right to choose what to do with their bodies. It's also they have a right to choose, have a right to think. They have a right to live. And I think one of the key issues, one of them, at least to, to raise a question is, think about the link between abortion and economy. What would happen? It, it's a big link, right? But what would, <laughs> I know, but what would happen to, to the economy, to the market, if abortion is forbidden? So it's not just an issue. I mean, I know that's a derivative. The key issue is related to life. But think about what would happen if women are afraid to produce. They're afraid to say, I don't want to have a child. If they're afraid to, to, to make their own choices because someone is telling them there's a law against your thinking. We're going to choose what to do with your own mind and body. Yes. And there's, there's a law against your judgment. And yeah. what is particularly pernicious about this is that she's asked to sacrifice and to become a slave. Because if you think about what pregnancy involves during nine months and after that, it is terrific form of physical compulsion for the woman who doesn't want to go through that. And that's the point about the supposed inherent value of human life. There are women who do want to become mother and for whom that process is precious, yep. but that is not an universal experience. Motherhood is not a purpose of human life written in a stone. Your, you determine your purposes. And it's what's horrific about this is that she's asked to do this like a slave for something that is not human right now, as of now. It is potentially human yeah. if the, the, the pregnancy is continued. But as long as it's not an independent, autonomous being where it has an, an, an actual capacity for reasoning and for projecting life, it is, it is a nothing. So women are sacrificed for a nothing. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, it's against her, her will. I think that's the whole point. Again, I think someone might be free to accept the sacrifice, even though I think it's, it's wrong. But a woman might be free to accept that, but that's her choice. And I think that's the whole issue. And what I'm afraid of is what's next. If we are allowing someone to tell us what to do with our mind, our judgment, and our body on the issue of abortion, then what's next? I'm thinking about technology, and, and soon we're going to have an episode on that, technology and AI. But I'm thinking about when we reach there, which is we're already there, actually. right? And what's going to happen? What kind of law will be imposed on us that actually are a violation of our rights, a violation of the requirement we need in order to, to live as a human beings? That's what I'm terrified of. I know we're having the most important conversation going on in, with, in the world right now. <laughs> you always say <laughs> <And> that. Thank <laughs> you, you in the audience for joining us. But we need to close. <laughs> yeah. So I, before we close, I want to invite our listeners to, to visit our academy on, on Instagram, Novel Philosophy Academy, because we're posting a couple of ideas over there and we make them visual just to be to make it more clear and more understanding for for everyone so just go to instagram and and visit our our page and make sure to share your questions and your input on this episode thank you again for listening 
to ideas on trial. It's been a pleasure, Ricardo, to have you again, Thank you me. and I alone. But next next week, I think, or the week after, we will also have a special guest. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. See you soon. <laughs>